I truly believe in you. And um, I walked out of the, the, the bathroom. I pressed send. Uh, and shortly after that, I called. First person I called was Sam. I, told, I called Sam. I was crying on the phone. I told her, I was like, hey, I did it. I finally did it. Mm. And she was like, I'm so proud of you. This is, this is going to be the best decision you make in your life. Before we get to the episode today, I want to thank our sponsor, Surf Prep Sanding. Whether you're looking for the highest quality of sanders, dust extractors, or abrasives, Surf Prep has what you need to take your project to the next level. I've been using Surf Prep for a couple of years now and know firsthand the quality of their products. The amazing family who stands behind their brand is by far the best in the industry. Use code MAKERLOUNGE, all one word, for 10% off your order at surfprepsanding.com. Thank you to Surf Prep and our patrons for sponsoring this episode. As always, I'll give a shout out to our top tier patrons at the end of the episode. And if you want to be part of that Maker Lounge podcast community, head over to patreon.com slash Maker Lounge podcast. Welcome to the lounge. I'm Matt with Voltner Woodworking and your host of the Maker Lounge podcast, where every Friday we have a rotating group of makers hanging out and talking shop with each other. Just wait until you hear this guy's story. He stared into the mirror after quitting his successful day job and said to himself, I truly believe in myself. <laughs> he and his girlfriend started posting on social media the projects they were doing for neighbors and formed a business. Growing their massive following on social media led to droves of real housewives in Atlanta sliding into their DMs. With a business name that would make woodchucks chuckle, the owners of Wood Woodwork, Anil and Sam, are in the lounge. <laughs> Man, I love that introduction. That was quite the introduction. Thank you. Oh, I love that one. I love it. You can find a lot about somebody in, in their about section on their website. You know, it makes yeah. my job a lot easier as a podcast host. That is very, very true. true. <laughs> that is very true. So ho hopefully the about section is up to date. And I didn't just read a bunch of old information. <laughs> well... Is it? It was all still accurate. <laughs> all accurate. <laughs> well, good, good. So uh, uh, Anil and I met back at WorkbenchCon, and uh, we were we were sitting around at, talking with with some other folks, and he started talking to me about how he started his his business, and and then mentioned you and and uh, Sam, and he said, you know, he he gave you a lot of credit. So you weren't standing oh. there, I think, at the at the moment, but he just. He he was uh, giving you tons of credit for the success of the social media, especially, I think. So we'll want to talk about a little bit of that. Um, but then as he started diving in deeper to his story, I was like, dude, this guy's inspirational. So I, I've got to have him on the podcast. I'm glad to be here. I'm truly glad to be here. I'm so, truly glad. So give me the give me the kind of the intro uh, story on how all this came about. You had a different job before, right? Yeah. We, we both had different jobs. Um, I worked in IT for a data en encryption company. Um, I always had a interest in building things, like little things here and there. I used to build stuff uh, in my mom's house when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Had an apartment with my friend. We used to build things. I would sell little projects. And it wasn't until we bought our townhome that we um, realized how cookie cutter everything is. Mm -hmm. And we started, I started just tackling one project after another, you know, during my afternoons was pretty free. So instead of, you know, sitting there at the computer, just wasting time, just emailing people and looking at stuff online, 
Mm-hmm. I would tackle little projects, built a window seat, a living room built in, a river table. And that just led into our neighbors starting to catch on to what it was I was doing. And they started to inquire about the projects and asked if we could give them quotes. Um, and eventually I gave one, one of my neighbors a quote. She agreed to the project. And that's what made the light bulb go off in my mind. Like, hey, this mm-hmm. is something that I can really, really do. Awesome. And did that for about a year. And as I was growing the business and it was starting to really catch traction, I'll let Sam chime in about what how she got into the mix. Mm-hmm. But she kind of started to manage the social media side of things, and that really started to propel the business, and it just made sense for her to join the team. Yeah. Yeah, I I really love the social media side of things, not for all the dancing videos, but how it benefits <laughs> a business. <laughs> yeah. So I remember the first project he did that I really posted. It was it was a custom bar. It was beautiful. And I was like, I need to start posting these projects to get more more views. And I remember I kept running. I'm like, it has 3,000 views. It has 10,000 <laughs> views. It just kept going. Um, and from there, it was like an accent mall that got like a couple of million views. And I said, this is brilliant. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep posting. So then we grew our large following on TikTok. That always blows up quicker. Right. And then we moved it to Instagram and then it trickled throughout all of that. Yeah. So you're, you're, bigger following is well it's kind of a mix-up between instagram and tiktok right i think yeah they're pretty equal now yeah yeah uh, uh, around what two hundred thousand or so yeah I, tiktok's around probably 180 something and instagram's around 150 wow that's impressive so when it first started was wood woodwork the the name <laughs> i asked anil yeah. one day i said so what are you gonna name this and he goes, Wood Woodwork. And I looked at him real confused. I go, what? Like W-O-O-D, <laughs> W-O-U-L-D. <laughs> so my, my, my take on that is I'm, I, I always think like not not at the current moment, but like long term, like way down the line. And mm-hmm. I just thought that, you know, the word Wood Woodwork was was it was SEO based. So mm-hmm. if you're going on Google you might type in would would work for this would 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 work for that uh, or whatnot. So I thought maybe if I could build up the website enough and build up this SEO presence, when people search those terms on Google for a certain project, our business will pop up alongside other things that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's very creative. Uh, do you get a lot of people who spell it differently? And are you like, yeah, like Woodwood, yeah. wood, wood, like W O O D double. Twister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have people that are like, I'm not even gonna say it. I'm like, yeah. It's an English <laughs> word. <laughs> Don't, what what I guess that would be W cubed. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you could say three W. Someone used to three call dubs. us that. I'm like, that works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Three dubs. We're gonna redo the yep. intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you started, uh, doing the projects like for your neighbors and stuff, as I, I kind of read about in the, in the intro or the, the about section of your, of your site. And I've been, it was kind of scouring your social media a little bit and you've got, a, yeah. you've got some stuff from, you know, anything from like a how to, uh, you know, or a quick little segment on, uh, how you, how you would do like remove trim or something like that. Um, all the way up to like more more builds and stuff like that. Yeah. So and is that, what's the focus essentially of, of the social media? And then what's the focus of the business? 
Yeah. So our business, we we focus primarily on built-ins. Um, we do a little mixture of a few other projects that, you know, kind of built us up to this point, simply because we do have clients that reach out to us for projects. They can't find individuals to do it. And I have such like a warm heart to people. If they tell me that, you know, they want a project, but they can't find anyone to do it. And I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I always agree to the project. So mm-hmm. that's that's my pain point. Sam always tells me <laughs> I need to stop doing that, but yeah, I, She's I don't shaking know. Her head. Uh, for, for those of you not watching, by the way, we we do this. We launched the the podcast on YouTube uh, a day early. So for those of you not watching this on on YouTube, you sh- you should watch it. Uh, but Sam was <laughs> shaking her head. <laughs> so we'll we'll interject there for a second and and ask Sam. Uh, you know, with his kind heart is. Is he charging along with uh, that kind heart enough to? Um, at first, we we really were figuring out. We broke even enough times to where um, now we both confirm the price makes sense in terms of materials. And then is there a profit to it? Because you can't work for free. Because with his kind heart, I truly think he might take a project. No money, yeah. but you know, bills. Yeah. And Neil <laughs> would be like, it's a tax write-off. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give it back to the people, then give it to the government, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great. So I, I wanted to cut you off there because I, I saw her shaking her head. But yeah, so you you uh, doing these projects, and so go ahead and, and pick up. <laughs> yeah. So we our our primary focus is the built in side of things. But what I realized is we're in this unique space where you know it's just two of us. We don't have this like massive nationally accredited or nationally uh, uh, localized location-based business where mm-hmm. we're just in all states. So my thing was, I told her, I was like, hey, you know, I, I want to get online and, and teach people that aren't local, that aren't mm-hmm. here. You know, someone from New Jersey wants a slat wall or they want a board and batten on their staircase. I want to be able to actually show them how I do it mm-hmm. so that if they can't find somebody in their local area, at least they can take what it is that they learn from me and go do it themselves. Yeah. And that was that was ultimately like my my main goal was to be able to help people, you know, our customers as well as help other woodworkers, carpenters and other families in other locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um part of it is the goal is to to monetize some of that uh stuff that you're essentially you're giving it away free to the to the end consumer, but uh you have a goal right. in mind to to monetize on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So the, I understand how social media works, Mm -hmm. right? Um, you can create a whole business model around that. A friend of mine that I met through a client that we, we did projects for last year, she introduced me to her son and he, we invited him over to a Labor Day barbecue that we had one, um, one year. And we were talking, he was asking me, he was like, like, what's your goal? Like with all of this at the Mm -hmm. time we were just crossing over a hundred thousand, um, followers on Instagram and we had 120 or something on TikTok. And he was like, what's your, what's your goal? And at first, you know, I was mentioning, you know, I, I just, I enjoy building stuff. I want to keep building products and things of that nature. And he was like, well, really consider the, the idea of making one thing and then being able to reach a large audience, you know? And at the time it was, it was a small little thing, but he was like looking at, it was something else sitting on our coffee table on our porch. And he picked it up and he was like, you see this product, the person that made this is a millionaire mm-hmm. and it's a small $2, $3 item that was made 
once, right, to solve a problem. And now, you know, it's in multiple people, millions of peoples of homes. And for each individual, they may spend two, three, four dollars to buy this product. But this guy is generating the bulk of the revenue because he was the one that created it. And mm -hmm. it was from that point that I realized, you know, like every time I do a project or every time, you know, I get on camera or or I'm, I'm speaking with someone, I'm always thinking of like, how how can I help this individual? Or how can I help that individual? What can I create that'll make someone else's life a little bit more simpler and easier? Mm. And the YouTube side of things really is more of the teaching platform. The mm -hmm. other ones are more uh, like highlighting projects, get clients in, and then each is a little different. And also he started doing a lot of plans. So not only is he building a floating shelf, he's making a plan to go with it because not everyone might buy a floating shelf, but they'll buy a plan. Right. Yeah, that's that's great. And so you've, uh, have you approached or, I don't remember if we talked about this at uh, WorkbenchCon, but uh, like brand sponsorships and stuff like that. Is that part of the business model? Yeah. So we're still, we're still trying to figure that out. Um, I know we need, you know, a media kit. Mark, the builder, he showed me a media kit that he offered, that he has, and he offers to brands, which was mm -hmm. eye-opening. Mm -hmm. um, I met with um, a few other guys from uh, WorkbenchCon that offer media kits. So we're still trying to understand that whole idea behind it. But we do work with a few mm -hmm. brands, such as uh, Rockler, Graco. We do a lot of Mac stuff with Graco, Mag Switch, uh, Little Giant Ladders was our mm. first big... Uh, you know, kind of brand ambassador partnership that we established and such. Yeah, that was awesome. the first time we were called influencers, and it was very strange. <laughs> yeah, little little yeah. giant flew us out there and felt like a celebrity. But was, right. <laughs> yeah. <great>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it, there's people. It's it's kind of a polarizing um, word. You know that influencer word, and you know some people are like, yeah, I'm an influencer. You know, and I I was the same way. I was like, oh yeah, I guess. You know, when I yes, started doing brand deals and stuff, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm an influencer, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, so content creator, influencer, uh, you guys have kind of got it all all wrapped up into one. Sam, you're the, are you the, uh, you had mentioned you did some of the social media stuff. Is that yeah. your background? Like, or? Uh, no. So I um, was in education and then I was director of a school. Mm. Um, and then I came on board in August, it'll be two years. So Neil started in March and then I started the following August. Um, so he just hit about two years full time. So no, my background is not yeah. in that, uh, yeah. at all, but I'm very good with people. Um, and I'd like to think I'm funny. So yeah. my captions are pretty good. Yeah, 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 um, definitely. <laughs> but I do understand social media takes a lot of patience and consistency. And, and those are things I just am really good with. Um, so I always say Neil is very much the builder. I'm more, I'm very much the finisher. I really like the details of everything. And then I really like the back end social media side of things. Yeah. So what have you guys uh, learned uh, since being on social media about yourselves? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have learned how to respond with kindness to, to most insults. Oh, um, that's important. Yeah. At first, you want to hastily respond with something not so nice back, but right. people are always watching you. Yeah. So if, if you want customers to come to you and brands who respect you, you really got to watch. That's yeah. one thing. Uh, I'll say that helping people really, really excites me. 
Like mm. you, you hear it when, when other individuals say it, like, you know, the goal isn't to just make money. I really want to help people, but it honestly, it feels, it feels a certain type of way that I can't really explain unless you're, you're in the shoes of helping someone and someone comes to you and says, Hey, I was able to finish this project. I was able to do this based off of what it is you taught me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It, it, it feels a certain type of way that there's no other way to feel that way. Mm -hmm. No other way. Yeah. I, uh, so my business started very similar to yours. Um, I started doing built-ins first and I didn't really do a lot of the small stuff. I started building bookcases and, and then those, those weird, awkward niches, like you mentioned, it's uh, you know, home builders leave, leave empty nooks. I'm staring at one in my office right now. Yeah. Uh, always, I, I still yeah. haven't filled it up. It's like, okay, well, I, I mean, I guess they did that. So somebody could, you know, design something later, but it just feels like half done. Uh, so I started wow. doing that in, and that feeling when you, when install day comes and the client takes a picture of your, your trailer, your truck is like, the day is here. Like yeah. I, I, I imagine Friday. that is the best. I mean, I know that that's the best feeling. And absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and then the, the, the pictures that you get from the client, um, like for instance, we just finished a, a pantry remodel for a client, um, where we expanded the door jam. We added some, some shelves inside of her pantry as well as some pullout drawers. And when I finished the project, she's a school teacher. I told her, I was like, Hey, I'm not going to send you pictures. I, mm -hmm. I really want you to soak in the moment when you like see when you come home. And mm -hmm. I mean, her, like I was, I was driving home. It was around like eight o'clock last night. And her response was all, oh, oh my gosh, thank you so much to you and Samantha. This, this is incredible. Really made my day. And then she had a video of her daughter, her like, I think her daughter is maybe eight or nine, nine years old doing this grand reveal of the pantry. Uh, Mom, look. That's look. awesome. And what really made my day was her son. I want to say he's like 12 or 13. He's 11. Yeah. Oh, he's 11. So he, I was cleaning up and um, he came up to me. He was like, hey, I, I just want to let you know, you guys did a great job on the pantry. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's That's those, those are moments. honest. Kids oh, are yeah, honest. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> and they can they can see up underneath that the adults can't see. So you better right. finish those undersides, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> hey mom, there's a nail sticking out right here. Dang it. Kids, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Uh but so Sam, so uh you're you're also you're getting in the mix and and doing all the doing milling and stuff like that. How does, how does all of that work with like, do you guys split up and for the day and say like, okay, you work on this and I'll work on this. You're working together. Like what's the, what's the working yeah, relationship? We have like, that? we have set tasks where I just know he likes that more than other and vice versa too. Um, he might be working on the cabinet box and I'm already on the face frames and doors. Mm -hmm. Um, we are, really never working on the same task at the same time, unless we're both installing something. Yeah. Um, but with the pantry, for example, we both can't fit in there. So mm -hmm. he might go <laughs> and to start the building in the day. And then I come in later, spackle, caulk, sand, paint. So on painting days and like sanding days, we are definitely split up because he's on to the next um, finishing one. So. Yeah. So uh, tell me honestly, between the two of you, when you, when you, if you were to post you, the two of you doing the same exact task, who gets more views? Me. <laughs> so, so there was a Murphy Bent video 
And you see, I had a video of him pushing it up. It's the blue Murphy bed, if you've seen it. Uh-huh. And I pulled it down. My video pulling the Murphy bed down got 29 million views. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But not yeah. always. Sometimes his are, his are good. Yeah. 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 It's all good. Right. It's for, yeah. the, it's for the greater cause. So, so I kind of already knew the answer to that because uh, Anil said, yeah, she, she's a rock star on this thing. So I already <laughs> knew kind of the answer. So yeah. I, was just, I was just testing him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. not going to catch me slipping. No, nope, nope. no. Uh, no, that's that's not the goal of this uh, here. I just I wanted to make sure. I... <laughs> yeah, it was very inspiring at WorkbenchCon when you were talking about your making the leap and stuff like that. Yeah, and you shared a different perspective from uh, some of the other people who have gone from having it as a side hustle to making it a full time business. Right? You know, I think. Um, what I kind of read in your your about section, which is staring into the mirror and that whole process, making making the leap. Yeah, so man, uh, <laughs> it, it goes it goes. We we have to go a little bit further back in order to yeah. get to that point. But um, it started with this this company that I worked for. It was called GiveSmart at the time. And my role with the company was I worked with a lot of nonprofit organizations. Um, I was traveling around America every every weekend. Sam could tell you every weekend I was traveling somewhere else working with the nonprofit because we had this technology that um, th- it helped them raise fundraising re- revenue during their galas and such. So I mm. was the guy that would go teach their volunteers, teach their administrative boards how to utilize the the product. Well, I did this for about three and a half years. Um, and the company ended up getting bought out. It was a small company, a guy named Max Romer and some guys here in America. They started it together. Um, but at the time, you know, it was a small company. This bigger company came and purchased it. And as as they do every company, you know, they start looking at what what are the weak links? Like, how can we save revenue and really pump up the bottom line and make it make sense? So they want to sell it. They can sell it for a higher, higher value. Right. So... It got to a point where uh, my supervisor, she said, hey, you know, they're they're really considering letting you go. Like, mm. so I just want to let you know this because you've you gave so much to this company. But I want to make sure that you're not on the short end of the stick and you don't have nowhere else to go. So mm. go ahead and start looking. You know, I'm going to keep you as long as I can when you find something. You know, and she was so cool about all this. She told me exactly what to do. I, at the time, I didn't really know because it was like my first a corporate job out of like school in a sense. So I ended up finding this company. It was called Transaction Network Services. Um, I applied for it because I saw that they were doing things in the crypto space. And I thought that they were going to go deeper into that. And I wanted Mm. to somehow be like a partner with the company and um, present a product to them that, you know, found success and allow the company to grow. Um, so I applied for the company, ended up meeting with the supervisor I had at the time. She was real cool. We clicked. And then I met with her supervisor. You know, she, we're very, very interesting individual. We clicked as well. And I ended up getting the job. Well, I worked for the company for about like two and a half, three years. I, I'm so grateful of both companies, right? Mm-hmm. The GiveSmart allowed me to get this higher paying job. 
And then this higher paying job is what landed me in this townhome, which allowed me to start my business. So I am, I'll never bash neither one of these companies, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, at the time working with transaction network services, I, I was fully remote. So d- during the pandemic, all of that, it was completely remote. Mm-hmm. I found that they really just didn't value me or my time, right? They, mm-hmm. they never, there was only one guy, his name is Dan Lyman. He was the only guy that works for the company, um, that would actually call me, you know, just check in, see how I'm doing, see where my headspace was see right. what accounts I had, if I needed any help with anything. Um, he was the one that kind of, you know, backed the decision for me to fly out to New York to get a introduction of project management. Like he wanted to see so much more for me, the only guy at the company. But I, it, it didn't matter like how much I just, I stayed there for him. It was something I was like continuously stripping <laughs> from my soul. It was just mm. stripping me away, stripping me away. And at the time, you know, me and me and my friends, we all had these like friendly competitions of who could get a higher paying job. So oh, one yeah. guy will get get to 50 and then you're trying to get to 65 and then the next guy gets to 75 and then you're you're now at 85 and then it's continuously growing, right? And right. at the, when you meet up together, it's fun talking about it, but when you guys disperse and I go home and they go home and the week starts, then you're back to that 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 mode of is this really what I want to do? You know, mm-hmm. I was making money. We were we were able to purchase this town home. Everything made sense. But it got to a point where I started to see that, you know, Dan was being pulled into other avenues. So we couldn't really talk as much as we wanted to talk. And then I I was just in this my own oasis where I would reach out to other uh reps from the from the company. You know, I would get the cold shoulder. Some emails wouldn't get responded. Mm. And I just, I really felt like I wasn't really significant, you know? Mm. So, my happy place was building. Mm. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You're good, dude. Yeah, so, mm, I said... Mm-hmm. I heard talking about it like this. Uh, yeah. So it, it it started with the projects, you know, just building one thing, seeing it through, seeing the smile that I put on Sam's face for building something. Mm-hmm. It really bought, bought a lot of joy in my life. And I think it was doing that and then my friends acknowledging like, hey, this guy is really good at what he's doing. You know, they were posting yeah. my stuff. I was doing projects for their family family members and their relatives. And I started to see that, you know, there's significance here. Like, I, I feel important. I feel like I'm, people acknowledge me now, you know? And it, it got to a point where I started to have so many projects that were in the pipeline and I was doing them on the weekends after I finished work to the point where I was telling Sam, like, hey, I'm so swamped. Like, what, what should I do? And she was the one that was really supportive and was like, you know, book th- three months out. See if you can, these projects, if you can condense them into a week's time frame, and you can book out for three months worth of projects. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to pull the plug. It's time for you to leave that job. Like, you, you're not happy there, you know. Mm-hmm. The pandemic kind of accelerated my like mentality and my like mind, the way I was thinking. And uh I I just 
she was right. She was at, it was the, 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 the only decision that needed to be made, but I couldn't make that decision because I was so, I was insecure about what it was that I was capable of doing. Uh, I didn't truly believe that I had what it took to grow a business and to start something that made sense. I've tried things in the past, but there was a lot of like uh, procrastination within my personality that I was scared that if I quit, I would go back to that procrastination style mindset and then things would fall apart. You know, I was scared I would lose the house. You know, mm. I have a, I have a daughter and Samantha, like I didn't want to jump out there and then not work. And then now we're losing everything that we have right. based off of my decisions. So all of this stuff was like bottled within me and it, it, it hurt to think about it. it hurts to think that, you know, building makes me happy. This doesn't make me happy, but this pays the bills. So I, I have to stay here, you know? Mm. And, um, you know, she was right. I, I, I figured out how to market the business at the time when it was like fresh, brand new, um, I was able to book out that, that far in advance, awesome. um, three, three, it was about three and a half months worth of work that I was able to land from thumbtack, social media and word of mouth at the time. And, um, but still I was working my job and mm. it was, it was closing. It was like the end of February, um, going into March and I had typed, well, it was January of 2021, um, and I had typed up my two weeks notice where it was like, it's time for me to get out of right. there and spread my wings. But I, I, I literally couldn't send it. So I had it in drafts, right? It was in mm -hmm. my draft, it was in my draft folder on my work computer. And then, um, you know, February came around. I was like, all right, now's the time I'm about to send it and be done with it. Still in my draft folder. I couldn't send it. Now, mind you, I have all these projects. My clients know I work a job. So they were okay with me coming in on the weekends and just working on it. Right. Saturday and Sunday, and then, you know, coming back the next week, working on and such. So as that was happening, you know, I was booking a few more jobs here and there. And then it got, it got closer to the end of February. And it, that's when it really dawned on me that, all right, this stuff is really setting in on me. It's really starting to take a toll on my life. I need to really make a decision and really make like what it is that I'm going to do. Like if I'm going to continue down this path of just, you know, uh, just not feeling right, just this mentality, this negativity that I'm feeling in my body and such, then mm. I just need to own up to it and just accept that this is just what it's going to be for the rest of my life and just mm. be okay with it, you know? Or I'm going to pull the plug and I'm going to be something great. So March 3rd, 2021, and I did a podcast with Ethan. I told him 2020, but it was really 2021. So I want to make sure I, I corrected that. But mm -hmm. I sent that two weeks notice in. Mm. And prior to sending it, it was it was a solid. It, it was yeah. <laughs> through, through that door right there. I probably mm. could just switch to move the webcam around. But um through that that door, I was in that bathroom for a solid five, five, six, seven minutes, just looking at myself like, all right, once you once you press end, there's there's no reversing this because these people, they probably don't even want you at the company. They're waiting for you to do this. Like, so mm. you when you do this, just know that the you can't turn back around. 
You mm. cannot turn back around. And I looked at myself. I truly looked at myself and, you know, I tried to go as deep spiritually as I possibly could, like as deep within myself mm. to really like dig deep. And, you know, I thought to thought back to all the, the, the opportunities I had that I let fall to the wayside, you know, the procrastination, the, the excuses. I thought back to all of that stuff and I said, I'm gonna leave all of that here. Mm. When I press send, I'm, I'm quitting on all of that. Mm. No more of that. And, uh, I did it. I, I told myself, I looked myself in the eyes and I said, Anil, whoever you are spiritually, like outside of this vessel of a body, like I believe in you. Mm. I truly believe in you. And um, I walked out of the, the, the bathroom. I pressed send. Uh, and shortly after that, I called. First person I called was Sam. I, told, I called Sam. I was crying on the phone. I told her, I was like, hey, I did it. I finally did it. Mm. And she was like, I'm so proud of you. This is, this is going to be the best decision you make in your life. That's best awesome. decision. You know, and I called my best friend, uh, Chris, Chris Claiborne. Um, and I always call him because one thing about Chris, you know, and if he watches this, I hope he sees this, but he believed in me before I believed in me. Mm. It's so good. Matt, I'm sorry, bro. I'm so sorry. I'm so Dude. sorry. This is, this is happening the way it is. You, you don't need to apologize at all. I saw this in you when we were at WorkbenchCon. You know, you can tell when somebody has such a deep passion. There are people who you see and they talk about woodworking and they talk about their craft or their job and it's it's a job. But for you, it's so much more than a job. It's it's like I could tell that this is your, it's your passion, but it's also your like reinvention. Absolutely. 100%, 100%, 100%. 100%. the conversations that I have with people, whenever they, they, they tell me that there's something that they want to do or <clears throat> there's a goal or a idea that they want to bring to light. I try so hard to dig deep within them to figure out why it is they're not doing it because mm -hmm. I, I had a conversation uh, like about a year and a half ago with a friend of mine. Um, it was two of us, my friend, Jonathan and Tyler, he, he runs a, a successful comic book company and Jonathan runs a successful catering business here. Mm -hmm. And um, I was telling him, I was like, you know, they were asking me like, how does it feel? And mm. you really can't tell somebody how it feels because I truly believe that in order for, for you to understand, the words can't vocalize how the feeling is. You have to, you can only feel it. You can only mm. feel it to understand. And I said, the best way to explain it is if, if I were to leave meeting up with you guys today and God forbid he, he were to, take my life, I mm. would be okay. 
Mm. I would, because I found what it was I was supposed to do. Mm. I truly felt, feel like I found it and I helped people and I was able to see smiles on people's faces. I truly feel like I, there's, I, I don't feel like there's, of course, I'm going to continue to give more and give more and give more as I live here on this earth. But I, I truly feel like I did exactly what I was supposed to do here. Whatever mm. it was on this earth, I feel like I was supposed to do this. Mm. Every last bit of it. And um, Sam's story might be a little different, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, it started there. And from that moment, man, I just, I made sure that, you know, when, Every moment, every morning when I wake up, I'm, I show gratitude. I'm thankful. I come down to the computer. I'm working on either my blog website or, you know, YouTube videos, or I'm, I'm looking up content, mm -hmm. uh, researching my, the industry ways to improve the way I build things, you know, just so that I'm always getting better just little by little by little every single day mm. yeah. to get closer to the ultimate goal. And for the listener, uh, Sam had to, uh, take off she had uh somewhere she had to go but so uh otherwise i would definitely get her take uh on the story <laughs> yeah no we'll we'll, yeah. we'll definitely have a uh a, a round two and you right. two can have your own conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds great uh so what has been the biggest challenge uh with going full-time uh really really wearing all the hats, mm. you know, we're having to wear so many different hats where, you know, you can delegate, but as, as a business owner, that's doing this full time, you know, your income is not coming from a nine to five, a six figure paying nine to five and your hobby on the side right. where you can just take some of that money you're putting in a savings account and go hire somebody else. You really have to be thoughtful and uh, meticulous about the decisions that you make, how you're spending your money, because, you know, you can make one or two great decisions and then make one bad decision that really is detrimental to your whole business. And then it puts you back three, four, five, you know, steps where now you're having to reinvent how you do things in order to get back to where you were. So it's, it's, it's having to wear so many different hats, you know, understanding the process so that when it comes that time where, you know, you, it is time to hire somebody else, you can read through people's bluffs if they're telling you the truth or if they're lying just to make right. some money off of you. You could you can understand, like, I, I did this for the past year and a half. Like, I understand what, what you really have to do in mm -hmm. order to grow what it is that you're doing. So I think that would probably be the the hardest thing. And then the, I'll say the, the, the <clears throat> like, on a deeper level, the psychological pressures of, you know, being being a man, you know, mm -hmm. just women, I, I, I'm i not going to make this about like women and men and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, us as men, you know, we, we're, we, we cater to women, you know, if they're, if they're upset about something we're we're open, we have an open shoulder for them to cry on and, you know, really comfort them and things of that nature. And same is very comforting to me. You know, if, if I have a problem, she's there listening and such, but, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's not like that where you just you can always like cry on someone else's shoulder. We're supposed to be the strong figure. So a, a part of us, I, I, didn't, I wasn't raised around my dad. Mm. So I don't know if, you know, at the time being emotional was okay. Now I'm, I'm fully transparent about it. I'm okay with it. 
because it's it's just genuine. It's me in its mm-hmm. authentic form, and I'm okay. But you know, if you you have you have to think about your business. All right, is the business growing? Is the business losing money? Right. You can't really blame no one else. It's it's you as a business owner. Right. Psychologically, things might be going on. There might be issues with your mom, like health health complications or things like that that might be bothering you. And you could talk about it, but you can't really get. There's no answers that the answers that you're looking for are just they're just not there because you can't go in someone's head and tell them, hey, tell me this or say, I just need you to say this to me because a part of you. <sighs> I don't know if it's really making sense in a sense, but what I'm trying to say is a, a part of me feels that, you know, you have this business that you have to care for. You have a family you have to care for. You have mm-hmm. friends you have to care for. You have a family you have to care for. And then you're supposed to be this pillar that's just so grounded and so solid mm-hmm. that you can't fall over because the moment you start falling over, then everything else starts to shake and break apart. And I think that's that that has been one of the harder parts um, of of all of this for me. I feel mm. like you're my psychiatrist. I, in I, was, a sense, I, was fixing to, I was fixing to pay you because you, you, you're speaking <laughs> to me. <laughs> I mean, like you're getting to me. <laughs> I'm like, oh wait a minute, I'm talking to psychiatrists right now. This is this is deep. This is very deep. And how does that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it, I think that's great. Uh, you know, I I'm going through a lot of the same stuff because my my wife, her whole family, like it it's like her grandparents are aging out and have are having issues, and my both of my parents are having issues, and they're actually in Atlanta, um, and so I'm out here in Houston, and yeah. so they're they're both having their health issues. And, mm. um, and then, so my wife's, you know, dad and, and her grandparents and everything else. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's up to me to be her, um, to, to be her, her like rock. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, we we're Christian and, you know, so we, we also have that piece that we have to, you know, keep our constant focus on, on the, why we're here and yes. what our focus is. And, and so, but I get it. Like when you were speaking, it's like, yep, you, you gotta be, you gotta be strong. You gotta, and, and, you know, you're trying to make all these decisions for your business. And is this the right decision for my business? If I, if I go out and I hire somebody to help, is that the right thing? Or is that going to be the thing that puts us in the hole or, you know, should I buy this new tool because it will help speed up progress, but then it's going to, it's a huge investment. Yeah. Yeah. Every little thing. Everything, everything. And then on top of that, you're, you're, you have to be the, the, the pillar, you know, that holds things together, you know, mm-hmm. like Sam, Sam is a rock, you know, she's truly my rock. Like she, she holds me down and I know mm-hmm. like if I have a stressful day and I come home, like, I know that I'm coming home to someone that's just going to be there with open arms for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, I can only be like for just tremendously grateful of her presence in my life, just yeah. from the business side and personal side. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, to me, it, it appears that you guys are two of three parts of a stool and that without <laughs> one of you, you know, the stool is useless. And yes. so that's, that's great. 
Absolutely. How do you, um, I know she mentioned uh, dealing with like negativity on social media and stuff. How do you deal with um, those difficult clients? You know, fortunately, fortunately enough, we haven't had too many difficult clients. Um, I think for us, it's more of the value that we bring forth when we complete our projects or when we're, when we're working on our projects. I tell Sam this, and, you know, if I hire anybody else, I'm going to tell them, tell them this as well as, you know, when you're in a client's home and you're working on this project, leave it as if it were your home and mm. you know exactly what's wrong if there's mm. something wrong. Because the thing is, there, yeah, you can, as a woodworker, as a carpenter, as a builder, you can get away with little things that a client isn't going to pay close attention to because they just don't have an eye to understand that. But mm-hmm. it's the fact that you know it, like you mm. know it, you know, and there's, there's been times where in the, in the beginning I would do that, but I would go to sleep and be up at two 30 in the morning. Like, Oh, I, I got to fix it. When I get back over there tomorrow, I got to fix it. I can't leave mm-hmm. it like that. That's not okay. It's not okay. And ever since, you know, those moments I realized I'm staying up at night, not because, you know, I just want to be up. It's because my subconscious is telling me, you know the right thing to do. Go do the right thing. Don't do, don't give someone 60%, 70%. You mm. give them your all. Because at the end of the day, I treat everybody's house as if it were my own house. If this was my home and me being a perfectionist, if, if I built this for myself, how would I want it done? Mm. And that's what I truly believe in. Fortunately, you know, it's, we we haven't had any... Um, you know, bad clients because of that. Now, don't get me wrong. Some some of the personalities that we dealt with, you know, could have led to bad clients. But I think it's the fact that we keep those values. There's no reason for them to get to that point to become a bad customer to us. Mm, that's good. Yeah, turn in, turn in what could be a toxic uh, situation because of your attitude as opposed to feeding into it. Exactly. Exactly. That's so good. So you're you're doing a lot of uh, word of mouth and how to get in getting your new clients and stuff like that. It's, it's mostly word of mouth. Yeah. So all of last year we were about 60% in one neighborhood, literally Mm. just going house to house, just finish a project. The neighbor reaches out to us, go do a few projects for them. The neighbor reaches out. So it, 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 it worked. I mean, only, yeah, about 60% of all of last year for this one neighborhood. Mm. Um, social media definitely helps out tremendously. Um, the reach, of course, is is global, right? So you mm-hmm. have all, it's, it goes everywhere, all over the place where Instagram reaches. But, you know, our profiles are somewhat optimized that when we start to get the traffic that feeds back to our account, the ones that are local, they know exactly that, hey, these guys service Atlanta, you know? Mm. So like, if we need projects done, we're going to reach out to them. And, yeah. you know, it was pretty cool um, The from the word of mouth side of things that we have like people that follow us in Texas or Oregon or California that will actually send our profiles to their friends in Atlanta and say, hey, these guys live in Atlanta, reach out to them. They do a phenomenal work. So it's mm. like clients that we haven't worked for they they understand us, you know, they they believe in us, they believe in what it is that we do, and they mm-hmm. recommend us to their friends and family, even though we haven't done anything with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. 
in and Facebook is a is a great place for I think for that localized uh, traffic, right? Yeah, I, I found that I think although ads are they're they're phenomenal, they're great, they work um, mm -hmm. to a certain extent still. I find that, you know, as we get older, the millennials and, you know, um, the baby boomers are, you know, past this, this, mm -hmm. this realm or whatnot, but ads are, people are starting to become numb to ads. Mm -hmm. Like we, we see it everywhere. We see it on YouTube, like every five seconds, there's ads. That's the reason why, you know, we don't care. We'll watch a video for 40 minutes and mm -hmm. just click through 10, 12, 15 ads. We won't leave the video. We'll just click through them. Mm -hmm. Right. Facebook, you see ads, Instagram, you're seeing ads, Google, you're seeing ads, you're seeing ads everywhere. I think people are starting to become a little more numb to the idea of being um, sold something through an advertisement. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're, we're going to have to pivot back to more of a letter based society where you feel a little bit more important when something is written out to or to you or you get something where you can visually look at something and say hmm this is interesting i actually needed this let mm -hmm. me let me hold on to this and give them a call mm -hmm. you know so that's kind of my take on things i know social media it works for us but i i think i'm starting to my mind is starting to adapt and pivot a little bit where i'm looking at all right how can we target you know people but physically target them where we can show them what it is that we're doing through a mailer like we'll still utilize the technology side of things where you know, we have QR codes where they can see the work, but just right. being able to like target them with the physical document that shows them that, hey, we're we're local, we're here for you. And if there is anything that you need, you know, hold on to this because we can service you. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, speaking of ads, I want to uh, head over to the uh, after show and I would like to thank our patrons uh, we've got Jimmy McAnally, Archiano Sirio, Wim Design, Calvary Customs, LLC, Clean Cut Woodworking, Bailey Thompson, Dave Garcia, Broken Lead Woodworks, Starks Lagoon, Sawyer Design, Kadama Design, Dylan Furniture, and Shock the Fox are top tier patrons. If you want to get in on that patron action, head over to patreon.com slash maker lounge podcast. And also a huge thank you to our sponsor of this episode, which is Surf Prep Sanding. Go to surfprepsanding.com and enter the code maker lounge all one word for 10 percent off anil thank you so much for for being here we'll head over to that after show absolutely and, make, and we'll uh, you know also thank sam for being here so <laughs> she said thank you <laughs> she said great we'll see you in the after show <laughs> absolutely <laughs>